Sinatra there, over the top to Melcham, and now the goal. That just about gets it done. Hello and welcome to Attention to Detail, the podcast for D's fans, by D's fans, as we all hold on for dear life aboard the rollercoaster ride that is barracking for the Melbourne Football Club. I'm Tim Langley and thank you so much for joining us. have to first apologise for the absence. Uh, might have seen on our posts is that I have been away. What a week to be away uh, on a little family holiday up to Byron Bay, which was very much needed with my wife Penny and my little daughter Harper, um, which was beautiful to get away uh, up north. And luckily, all the COVID stuff had started to die down there, which is great that we could go. But unfortunately, also, I didn't get a chance to attend either of those two fantastic wins, but did manage to watch both of those games as a way. So I thought today's going to be a little bit of a different episode. I am running solo at the moment with Steph. Being very, very close to, uh, yeah, giving birth to her first little bub. So I am running on my own at the moment. And I just thought I'd just catch up on some of the stuff that's happened with the D's in the last 10 days, given that there has been a fair bit that's been going on. So at the end of round four, the D's find themselves sitting second on the ladder on 138%, 4-0, their best start since 1994, which has got D's fans pretty excited, trying to figure out whether, you know, how tight that lid is going to be kept on or not. It's, it's getting pretty loose, but uh, as we all know, that we uh, we have to hold our, hold our breath to see where the rest of this season takes us, but we've got to admit that we are liking what we are seeing so far. So... As I said, a little bit of a different format for tonight. I'm literally just going to be running through some of the things, some of my thoughts from this week, uh, and then getting on to our fan responses in Fugazi. So the first thing that I've really noticed is Jack Viney's return to the team uh, has just added that extra little bit of midfield grunt, uh, that aggressiveness and you know that intensity that he brings to the club. And I think a couple of amazing moments, especially where he got Selwood on a couple of tackles. And I know there's a lot of Melbourne fans out there and probably football fans that don't mind seeing Joel Selwood get uh, get pinned for holding the ball. So that's been absolutely fantastic to have him back on the side. I just think that he, he bleeds red and blue. And we probably, you know, he, he is our bit of our enforcer and he did a bit of a run with roll last round. And fantastic to see him get the better of Joel Selwood and especially in a win as well too, which is fantastic. One of the biggest things I've noticed in the last couple of weeks is just the D's maturity to be able to respond to, you know, situational games. So we had GWS where we got off to a pretty shaky start and we we're able to sort of bounce back and, and still come back from another um, another fight back from GWS. And then the same again uh, against Geelong in which, you know, the fourth quarter heading into it, they'd kicked a couple of goals to bring that margin back down to 12 after being up 30 in the third quarter and... The weather started teaming down and you just sort of know, oh, we've seen Damien's sides in the past that have have crumpled, but it's just been a real pattern of 2021 where they've been able to stand up and do what needs to be done. And I think being able to adjust to that wet weather, uh, doing anything to try and surge the ball forward and lock it in that, in that forward half and use that forward pressure just to contain the game. And I think that was something that was just super impressive. Next thing, Bailey Fritch. He's been an absolute weapon for Melbourne at times, and he's also been someone that's been heavily criticised. And I'll put my hand up and say that 
I've probably had a bit of a dig at him about his goal kicking, but his last couple of weeks where he's kicked seven goals out of those two games and he's just looking more and more like the forward that we potentially might need. I mean, he's he's looking like somebody that he'll thrive as that second or third option, but at the moment he's almost looking like our first option at the moment and he's really been able to straighten up his kicking. And at the moment in the competition, he's averaging 8.3 kicks, Six and a half marks and two and a half goals. And those marks and goals, he's ranking elite in the competition. So it's fantastic to see him being able to guide some of those kicks through the big sticks. And he really kicked a crucial goal in that last quarter for us against Geelong. So it's been fantastic to see Fritter uh, up and about. And you forget how young he is. He's only 24. And and we hope that you know he's just going to continue to grow along this side as well too. Another thing that I think has been really prevalent, uh, pretty much all of this season, and we got little whispers of it last season. But our draft class of 2019, Jackson Pickett and Rivers, has been an absolute find, uh, and we have to give the credit where it's due to our recruiting team and Jason Taylor. I think really identifying players that were going to suit the holes that the D's had, and finding players that were going to yeah, conform to the system. And, and we can just see out of these three players that are getting regular games this year already and already having a really big impact. I mean, Luke Jackson, the amount of contested marks that he's almost grabbed is just really exciting. And I know he's still extremely raw, but I think Lordy was talking about it on Footy Classified the other night and he was just saying, watch how much of the ball that he's getting to and it's just going to be those first few weeks and you wait for it that he is going to start clunking them uh, and it won't be long before he has a bit of a breakout game and kicks a bag. So his his role also allows Maxi to be able to free up around the ground and, and Max has had a fantastic start to the season as well too, being able to drift forward or back where he's required. So it has a lot in the load as well too. And, and Rivers has been extremely consistent down back and again, I think it's freed Salem up to sort of play up the ground a little bit more and we've already know and we've, we've talked about how dominant Salem has been and what a season he's having as well too. There's also been some other news uh, for the Ds this week. We've had some some good news and some, uh, some interesting news as well too. So our first big part of news is Clayton Oliver re-signing until the end of 2023, which is really important. I think one of those ones we're a little bit nervous. We're probably yeah a little little unknown to what he might have been thinking. And and Petrarca, who was on 360 uh, on Monday night, sort of summed it up. Uh, I think being so close with his mates, he said you know his best mates with with Track and and Salem, and and I think they're just really enjoying their football and. I think that would have been a big motivator for Oliver to sign on. Had we been, let's say, one and three, zero and four, I don't know whether I don't know whether he gets announced uh, this early on that he's re-signed. So great to have Clary on for another couple of years because it would have been one that a few D's fans would have been sweating on um, if we hadn't heard anything as the year had gone on, myself included. So great to hear with that. We had also a bit of movement behind the scenes as well with our change of presidency. So Glenn Bartlett uh, reports that he was sort of pushed out um, from his position as president of the Melbourne Football Club with Kate Roffey, who is, is, has been a current board member, um, has been yeah elected to, to take over. Uh, there was a few, few reports. I think Sam McClure talked about how some relationships behind the doors were, were not as good as they once were and had sort of lost some trust with some members of the board uh, and including uh, Goody as well too. So interesting thing there, quite vague on the details, but 
as long as we don't see yeah any ramifications i think on the field uh it sounds like that where all all things all things are looking good from here and looking forward to see what kate does with our football club and how she continues to push forward success on the field and off the field. We also had an update with Maisie's injuries, which is unfortunate, so unfortunate for such a freak accident to happen as he described it. And uh, yeah, it looks like that he'll be out for two to four weeks with a broken orbital bone and also a concussion, a second concussion in five weeks. So it is something that he has to be careful of because he does have a history of concussions. So we're hoping that, yeah, we can get... Our defense has been a highlight and a real strength of ours this year, and I think that we have some necessary depth that we can use to be able to help cover him. It leaves leaves a big hole, but I think Tomo put it today uh, in the press that it doesn't rely just on one person. It's a it's a team defense, and I think they've maybe uh, tapped potentially potentially Harrison Petty on the shoulder for somebody to come in. Uh, with Goody ruling out that uh, T-Mac probably won't be moving back into defense, which is great. And now it's time for our very, very famous segment in where we listen to our opinions of the fans in Fugazi. People aren't commenting on what they see, um, but internally, it's Fugazi. You do your best uh, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> no, I can't, but it's uh, it's goes something like Fagazi, it's Woozy, it's Wazi. <laughs> so thanks to all those that posted comments on the page. And my question for this week was, what has been the most pleasing thing about the D's hot start this year? First of all, we're starting off with Richard Newman on Facebook saying, most pleasing thing is playing as a team and communication between the players, also stopping teams from getting runs on. Absolutely, Richard. Uh, Very good point there. As I said, being able to stop that momentum when it changes in the games has been something that has been really impressive for Melbourne this year, something that we haven't been able to always do in previous seasons. So thanks, Richard. Kirk Scott says, I'm enjoying the tackling pressure, especially by our forwards, ensuring the opposition never feels safe. Absolutely. Cozzy, AMB, Spargo have all been absolute pests down the front, and it's really impacting the game. Uh, Gay Hansen says, playing as a team and not individuals. Uh, That was something that Track brought up on 360 about being a little bit more selfless, and I think a little bit of a theme over the course of the summer where players were sort of encouraged and it was sort of leaked out to the media or, or spoken to the media about how they've got to sort of stop worrying about themselves and, and be, you know, have more of a team-first focus. And, and that was something that Track seems to think about that the team is doing and that, that has a, a large, large key to our success for this year so far. Uh, Paul Andrew Cotton says, the movement to the forward line, the back line, midfield, forward line connection is now fluent. It's certainly looking that way. Thanks, Paul. Peter Harrison, I love the look amongst the team, the way they're encouraging, supporting, and playing each other. Even after just four games, you now expect a specific game style. Everyone has a role. Everyone knows their role, and the guys have confidence in each other and that their roles will be fulfilled. Go Dees. Tori Vicky Williams says, Although people say we haven't played a good team, it has given us a boost of confidence we wouldn't have lost 4-0. So it's probably been good for their mental state as well. Go, geez. Ben Aaron says, As my brother keeps saying, culture from the coaching staff, players, and our supporters, we've accepted our losing culture for many years, but not anymore. 
The player believes in the process and now our supporters are getting on board slowly. And I absolutely agree with you, Ben. It's um, We have sort of been used to that kind of yeah typical Melbourne culture, but it's it's great to see that yeah we're, that belief is building uh, and and that is filtering over. And the more encouraging signs we see week after week, the more the fans are going to get involved as well too. Uh, Tim Bell says, uh, to me, it's been the recognizable and repeatable system led by a very well-organized defense, not just in the back line, but across the whole ground. This combined with an extreme intensity, uh, the boys are clearly very fit, and I th- they absolutely are. I think uh, Darren Burgess has got um, a huge, has got uh, yeah, plays a huge role in that part, and it's certainly helped the team. Uh, and improved skills execution has finally given us an opportunity to take advantage of our entries. All that boring stuff that's required, but if I have to give one word answer, it's Cozzy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we know how we feel about the excitement machine that is Cozzy. And then just a couple on Instagram, Jane Plum 84 was talking about watching the game at ground level and on TV. I've noticed Lever and May marshalling the defence set up and being very vocal. I feel May is a big out, but his leadership has definitely rubbed off on Lever. He was huge against the Cats, like Hodge used to do very well for the Hawks in their prime. And I absolutely agree with him. I think May doesn't have that very much, that quarterback, that general kind of making sure that he's organising that defence. But you can see Lever is is very much a leader growing into his own shoes and uh, you can see that he's going to be uh, a leader for the Melbourne Football Club for a very long time and it's very evident on the field as well too. Uh, Bill Ferg says, clearly identifiable brand of footy and they're executing it weekly, absolutely. Uh, Tony Babylone, our ability to haul in sides and absolutely control the game and then open it up on our terms, which we've certainly done uh, a couple of those games already this season, which has been fantastic. Looking forward to our clash against the Hawthorne Football Club on Sunday afternoon, 3.20 at the G. Wondering what sort of team changes we'll bring in. Obviously, May's the big out uh, in that sense. Uh, as I mentioned before, Harrison Petty is somebody that has been earmarked to potentially come in and replace him. We've still got, also got Michael Hibbard to come back as well, and I'm wondering where he might fit in. I think Jeddah has been doing enough to hold his own um, down back there. I can't see anyone else going out. Jaden Hunt has been one of those players that had, has had a couple of fantastic weeks uh, and really looking forward to see him hopefully uh, continue his terrific form down back and using his speed along there. So not sure where uh, old Piggy is going to come in, but uh, also good to hear that Ben Brown and Sam Wiedemann also got through their first hit out in the VFL last week and they're still a few weeks away from AFL footy uh, but yeah interesting to see how they slot back into the side so big game against uh, the Hawks uh, definitely can't take them lightly uh, and I don't think the boys will but it'd be great to see the the D's take their chances to really capitalize on a strong start to the season and give ourselves the foundations of what will be a pretty good chance to be, uh, yeah, a high-performing team at the end of the season when when it all really matters. So, again, thanks to everyone that's been listening. I know today was a bit of a short one, but I thought I'd do a quick update uh, before we have a match review for next week. We've also got a couple of things in the pipeline, uh, confirming our special guests and a bit of a collaboration with a different podcast uh, for after the 
Anzac Day Eve game, which is going to be massive, um, regardless of the result this weekend. The D's Tigers game, um, Anzac Day Eve, is always always a fantastic occasion, uh, regardless of results. So really looking forward to those coming weeks. Um, thank you again for everybody's uh, input and everybody's feedback on there. Uh, as I said, also put it out to the fans today. Might be looking at doing a bit of a fan episode where I get you guys to be able to jump on Zoom uh, and give us your talking points and have a bit of a chat about it, which I think would be really exciting as well too. So keep in the loop for that. Don't forget to listen to us on Spotify, Google, Apple, and all your favorite podcast providers. You can contact and interact on us on the socials with Attention to Detail Podcast on Facebook. Uh, our community page, Instagram, is at Attention to Detail Pod, and our Twitter handle is ATTN2Detail. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week, and go Dees. <laughs> <laughs>